10 years, three boys, one question, are we friends? Hello, and welcome to the podcast, the name and horrifying vision from the creative mind of Taylor Jarrell is Are We Friends? I am your co-host, Taylor. I am your co-co-host, Brian. <laughs> and I am Jorge. From the creative mind I... of Taylor Jarrell. <laughs> <No. laughs> you guys didn't give me any chance. You guys didn't give me any time to write it. So You're already going as slow as you possibly could. <laughs> you were, I was going to say, there were, you, you can feel every pause that was in between going, what else right, do I right, say? Right, what right. else do I so say? I'll, I'll try, let, I me, say? let me try it. Let me try it just up from the creative mind of Bob Barker. <laughs> I do. I, I, that no, that actually works for me because the Clive Barker, it, it, it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> someone who knew that there was a horror guy named Barker, but the only Barker oh. he knows was the Price is Right guy. <laughs> so he just saw Barker. He's like, oh, I didn't realize he did horror. Yeah, and it's going to be something like coming in the summer of 1971, spayed oh and God. neutered. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. Oh my God, that was such a better one. <laughs> Pet Cemetery. <laughs> yeah. Oh my okay. God. So. Right. Oh, sorry, everybody. But uh, welcome. Uh, with a little bit of, <laughs> a little bit of a delay there to the show, where three boys who've known each other for ten years go through their interests one at a time to see if they are friends anymore or if it's just inertia. And it's not just about us. We share these interests and thoughts and friends with you are hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of listeners. Um, and so we get together once a week and we all share about friends. This week we are talking about a particular interest of Jorge's. Jorge, what are we talking about? Uh, we're going to be talking about the Nightmare on Elm Street series. And why are we talking about why, Nightmare on Elm Street? Why are we talking? Why indeed. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> I mentioned last week that my research grant just got approved. So I'm going to be doing... Yay! Yeah. I'm going to be doing a little bit of work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, training a collaborative agent to play with a human player in a video game. Um, Can you please title uh, the, the your research uh, when you finally publish it, Ready Player Two? <laughs> Oh, you're no. fired, dude. You're you know what? You're un you're the uncreator of this podcast that you weren't even a creator. <laughs> yeah. My uh my mentor wanted me to give it a fun title. I had something very mm-hmm. like bland and to the point. So right now it's a nightmare for reinforcement learning. Uh training okay. agents okay. to play video games cooperatively or something like that. But uh Oh what about what about besides the fact I'm that your... nightmares in the title, I'm not I'm not crazy about that. What what about uh quote I'm your boyfriend now. End quote. <laughs> Could you incorporate bitch into it's, the title? I'm starting uh, to... So that, that's what he... That's the idea that I got from that. Is There you go. Yeah. Like, welcome to machine learning, bitch. It's just curse. Yeah. yeah like, like, uh, what, what, Do you have a name for this AI that you're making? No. I mean, it's not... That's not exactly how it works. But um, you wouldn't, you don't, I'm not just making one entity that then is going to skulk around in yeah, the yeah, computer yeah. until I'm ready to use them. Like, right, right, right. But like, you know, this, this AI is not just what, what .exe is this thing going to be called? Um, so what, what usually would get named is like the algorithm you use to train it. All right. But cool. I'm going to be so, using algorithms that were already written by other people. What about, what about, be... what about this? Oh. Uh, you can call me Al, parentheses, Garithm, bitch. Uh, machine um, learning. Oh, 
I don't know. Oh, no. I don't know. <laughs> oh, we'll we'll no. have to workshop it a little bit. Really, okay. I'm, I'm what I've been doing things. is anytime that I work on training any sort of AI, I just name it Am. And I'm just going to keep up, upping his version because if he does end up being <laughs> the one that kills everybody, you know, it's already, it's all set up. I have a, I have a feeling by when you, all I heard, thought of when you said keep upping his programming was I just kept thinking you would turn the font size up a little bit each time. <laughs> on So it's just a larger and larger amp when you say it. I love it. Uh, yeah. Oh so what, yeah, what, so... what level of familiarity do you two have with the Nightmare on Elm Street series? Um, with the first one, a lot. I wrote on it with Halloween um, for a seminar paper. Uh, those two in conversation with Get Out, sort of just looking about like racializing the like the slasher subgenre. Um, so with the first one and the second one, for very different reasons, very familiar. <laughs> Brian, wait. <laughs> um, before doing the research for this, of seeing all of the movies, I had seen. The first one, the seventh one, which is New Nightmare. Uh, I saw Freddy versus Jason, and that was about it. I culturally knew Freddy, and I had seen some of his work, but now I have the full body. Okay. Um, before we move on, I should mention that the the agent that I'm training is for the Nightmare on Elm Street game for Nintendo. Not That's actually, that was, that, that was, we did not link that up. <laughs> uh, I'm, you're not just creating something to infiltrate our dreams and kill us in real life. Well, no. Is, but also going to play Nightmare on Elm Street. That's what it's going to do when it gets in our head. It's going to make us play Nightmare on Elm Street forever. If you die in the dream in the game, you die for real <laughs> out of the game, out of the dream. <laughs> um, there are people at MIT doing scary dream research. Um, and they need to be good. stopped before they continue. Just immediately. There's a hypnagogic state you go into, like right when you know while you're falling asleep, and you can like hallucinate mm-hmm. and, and things like that. They're trying to yeah, check, purposely check, get you no. into that state and keep you there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. like, That's what what are you? Want to induce that? Yeah. Do you guys know that MIT is not an accredited university? What? Get out of here! It, it, no, it just—it's on the strength. Like the College Board does not recognize MIT. This is what I'm pretty sure I've Why? been told and looked up. Uh, because it's MIT. Like, no, like who's gonna like? So what if we're not accredited? Where am I, motherfucking T? You think someone's not gonna take our degree seriously? So, um, yeah, so you're so, saying but that, you apply... so that means that they can do like anything they oh, yeah. want because like what's gonna happen? The College They're Board the is gonna unaccredit them. The China of universities, they just don't care. They're like, we'll do whatever weird experiments we can think of. And your evidence for this is you're pretty sure you heard and read it. <laughs> yeah. Is, is that correct? Okay. Just want to uh, make sure for my own. <laughs> um, That's good. Let's so, just double check this one. I thought we could, um, while, while Taylor's looking that up, I thought we could just uh, mm-hmm. we could just go through these bitches in order. Yeah. Yeah. And be- I think we should start with, uh, with the Nightmare on Elm Street. That's it. I would hope so. Came out in uh, so. 1984, but is actually set in 1981 in the mm-hmm. town of Springwood, Ohio. Oh. Which I think is fake. I'm not okay. sure. Uh, MIT is accredited by the New England Commission of Higher Education, or Nietzsche, uh, but it is not by the College what? Board, according Nietzsche? to the MIC, uh, the MIT website. They in fact have they MIC have a very a like <laughs> defensive sounding page called MIT Evaluation for Institutional Reaccreditation on their website. Huh. So um, oh, MIT, everybody. Okay. 
And that's the only think, relevant thing okay. that you'll be learning this entire episode. There you go. Because otherwise, much. it's going to be a lot of finger knives, a lot of bitches, a lot of bad puns, some good puns. Bad puns. Not so much in the first one, though. First one's pretty pretty clear cut. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, so, I mean, the, I think the Jorge, would you agree that the first one is more, apart from the mixing of dreams and reality, it's a pretty straight slasher film? Mm, no, I have, I have trouble with that. Honestly? Really? I was I was Cause the I things actually that... looked up certain parts of this. The body count in the first one is it's four people. Yeah, body but it's like four. it's half, half the cast. Yeah, I mean it's but... I, I think the the body count for the number of main characters is is fine for a slasher. That's that's totally typical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh Oh, it's just that people speak of this movie in tandem with Friday the thirteenth is really establishing some of the, the like the rules of the slasher subgenre. So this Friday and Halloween, thir- sorry, not Friday yeah. 13th. Friday Thirteenth came <laughs> earlier with Halloween, establishing the the slasher genre in general. But people were actually Texas Chainsaw and yeah. Halloween. Yes, Texas Chainsaw. Then Friday the Thirteenth yep, right. and Nightmare. Sorry, yeah. um, sorry, so, but Nightmare seventy eight, eighty. What what year was seventy eight? Was Halloween? This movie's eighty four. I know this movie's eighty four, and then the other two happened between them. Whatever. I don't have those dates off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Not, I wasn't gonna go into a, a whole. Thing, but I mean, like. During this time, the MPAA, mm-hmm. I believe, was like getting really upset about how popular slashers were and how gruesome yeah. they were, and so they didn't. They were starting to put down rules for what you could and couldn't they do in movies. So one mm-hmm. way they got around that was to start making films like A Nightmare on Elm Street, which were more fantastical and not just directly somebody yeah. murdering another person. That's why, like, lots of weird things. Under your eye, as yeah. you, you know, like, we're just about to have sex with your underage boyfriend at camp as yeah. I, you know, like, I don't know, scrotocized him or whatever. Because back then it was pretty wow. easy. You just had to make a list. You know, like, hey, don't don't show kids getting stabbed. And they're like, okay, we'll just suck them into a bed and throw out a bunch of blood exactly. then. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, fine. Um, we won't show them getting stabbed. She's going to get ripped, shredded into pieces while she gets yeah. dragged up the wall onto the ceiling. I was going to say, yeah. you don't see th- that one specifically. You don't see her get stabbed. You just see the results of absolute horridness. Like, well, yeah, because what is it? Like uh, Friday the 13th 2 where the arrow like comes through the guy's oh, throat. Yeah. And That's just, the first one. So like, okay. Oh, Taylor. Taylor, who is that guy who gets that stab through his throat? Oh yeah, yeah, you know this, is it Johnny. No, Try Johnny again. Depp is Try again. Um, we you're, you're on the right. We've know. worked with one of his lookalikes on a different movie. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. No, it's Tom uh, Cruise. Think Leprechaun. Patrick Swayze. No, no. Kevin Bacon. No. Kevin Bacon. Kevin yes. Bacon. Kevin Bacon gets the arrow through the neck in the original Friday the Thirteenth. Sorry, I've seen so many Kevin Bacon lookalikes that I am so excited. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so happy for Kevin Bacon that he's the Kevin Bacon that made it to popularity because there were a lot of other Kevin Bacon's like competing for the title mm-hmm. of the Kevin Bacon. Yeah, it it could have been anybody. Jet, late seventies, early eighties. They were fighting each other off for supremacy. Just like the yeah. one. Y'all yeah, seen that's that exactly one? like powers. that last scene in Jet Li's yeah. The One, but Oops. it's all yes. Kevin Bacon and they're all like footloose dancing kung fu style at each oh. other. Yeah, putting it apart Nightmare on Elm Street for a second. <laughs> if you haven't seen The One, I mean, probably don't. Probably just read about it because it's way oh, more interesting in, in concept than <laughs> in execution. But it's about Absolutely. Jet Li murdering every other Jet Li from every universe. And every time he kills one more Jet Li, all the other Jet Li's get stronger until there's just two super Jet Li's fighting it out. <laughs> Yeah, whoever that scriptwriter was was a genius. I can make yeah. a perfect kung fu movie without paying a second kung fu guy. Yeah. And when you go to when you die and you go to hell, it's just you fighting other jetlies forever. 
Exactly. It's awesome. It's absolutely perfect. Perfect premise for a film. Perfect premise for a film. Yeah. Not not speaking of another so perfect premise for a film, Nightmare on Elm Nightmare Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, <laughs> right. written and directed by Wes Craven. Yes. Um couple fun the the two things that inspired him to write this movie was uh well the the big thing was he had read an article and for the lo- I didn't spend too much time on it, but I wasn't able to find the original article. Um where it was there was just a bunch of people, a bunch of kids who didn't want to go to sleep because they said they were gonna die and there's like one particular case where the kid hadn't been sleeping for like several days and the parents mm-hmm. finally like he finally fell asleep the parents put him to bed uh he starts screaming in the middle of the night they go to they go to find him and then he just like stops and is dead um and they found like he had just hidden like a coffee pot in his closet and was like yeah he was just doing a bunch of shit to stay awake is pretty wild yeah so that's a potentially real story i don't know yeah, I mean that boy's name was Johnny Depp, and this movie is oh, actually shit. just a documentary. And Heather Landingcamp was that other unnamed teen in that story. So I actually have something like that, but that's for number two. We'll come back to that. Okay. 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 Um, the other thing was part of what he based the idea of Freddy on was as a child, Wes Craven uh, wakes up one night. I don't know if he woke up, but he goes to his bedroom window to like because he hears a noise or something, and he yeah. looks out and there's a man standing on the sidewalk. And he starts looking at the man and the man like realizes that somebody's looking at him and turns around and like looks up at his bedroom window uh, and is like has like a Freddy like smile like, you know, like looking all evil and shit. And so he he goes to hide and then he goes back to the window and the man is still there staring at him and like does like a boo face and then just turns around (laughs) and walks away. I'm trying uh, to imagine what Freddie would say in that exact situation, just like "Hi, diddly ho, there, bitch." You know, instead of neighbor or whatever. It's like a Pennywise <laughs> one. That's not. It's yeah, like, more of a Pennywise. You know? oh I was thinking God. like Ned Flanders, but Freddy Kruegerized, yeah. murderous Ned Flanders, aka Ned Flanders. Yeah, yeah. So the but- the first movie is just uh, Nancy Thompson gets uh, her and her friends get get uh, attacked by Freddy in their dreams. You like. Shows up That's basically in it. their nightmares and is like trying to kill them and it all ends up being because the by the way, this is like all spoilers all the way through for every movie. Oh, Duh. Yeah. Yeah. Just, Implicit just so spoilers know. for every single Nightmare on Elm Street movie ever made, including future ones that we'll be writing. Yeah. Um the, the spoilers yeah, I mean, don't matter too to much because these these movies are just a lot of fun. Um, yeah, absolutely. First one not as much, but uh I enjoy the first one. I do too. I it's I not as much fun. It, yeah, better. Yeah, I know, like, the I, I better movie. It is a well-made movie. They, like, well, the second one might be like the least. Of, well, damn. We'll, get we'll to talk it. about the we'll second one. We'll, we'll get, get to, to it. the second yeah. one. Second. Because um, <laughs> I've also organized all of the the Freddy Krueger mythos, which uh-huh. actually is not does not conflict with itself. So if you if you manage to trace it all, it all it all oh works. Oh my god! I gotta see how that works because yeah. there's so many questions already. So with this that. is why I need to go in order so I don't like start messing it all up. We have to layer it on properly so yeah. that it doesn't fall over. Right, because they, they managed to achieve this by never, ever, like, referencing anything that's happened before. Basically. So it's just like, okay, so technically you didn't contradict anything, but, like, we're starting to put a lot of oh eggs in that basket, you know? Oh, my God. Um, yeah, what a, yeah, Heather Langenkamp plays Nancy Thompson. She yes. is significant. All of her friends die. 
it, it ends up die. yeah it ends up being because the Freddy Krueger was a child murderer note yes not molester and that was because very specifically he, in the first he one, was supposed to be a child murderer a child molester in the original script and someone someone came to Wes Craven like yeah that's not gonna happen well like, he, right, he child was, murderer he was supposed to be that was always the idea originally but at the time there was a bunch of students uh claiming that their teachers I think had molested mm-hmm. them on like a very systematic so, level so Wes Craven and all of them were like that's way let's, too let's not take advantage topical. of that like yes yeah, exactly let's uh just you don't want that. it to look exploitative. Yeah. yeah. No, and it doesn't doesn't need it, you know? It's, oh, yes. We no, don't want the slasher film to look exploitative. I'm so glad that this is the more genre. More than enough. It's completely... Yeah, yeah no, so, obviously. There's a line. There's a line. And it's Freddy Krueger, as when he was alive, murdered children. But yes. now in Nightmares, he's only going after teens. I believe mm-hmm. there's an age difference there in like who he goes after. Um, And it's... Yeah, I don't... It's yeah. all the children of Elm Street, which I assume is just the in the neighborhood and it's because the parents yep. after he he got he got arrested he did not go to jail because of what was it he went to he went to trial and what happened was quote somebody didn't sign a warrant in the right place and he got yes. set free yeah. which makes basically me think he like... got he got caught on a technicality and the lawyers and the judge were okay like they were like we're doing the thing blah blah, blah. but the technicality got him off of it so yeah the parents are like hey fuck that and they went they chased him or followed him to his it's creepy boy it's they, 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 they burnt him down. mobbed him yeah and they, they just set him they basically set the whole thing on fire with him in it and he super died so this is a plot point that i actually don't know where it intersects with reality the idea that like uh you know a technicality you got off of this spree of child murder because someone i officer freddy Krueger, want to look up you know mr officer so-and-so's house like oh shoot i mixed up my names now we have mm-hmm. to let you go i can't refile this paperwork or whatever so like i, I don't, don't know. i don't know how this uh, works i'm sure the i'm sure the larger theory of that is the i'm like if they had a a thing for his Say it was the thing for his boiler room, right? Like the place where he murdered all the kids. Say that was the warrant. And it wasn't signed or something was improper on it. The legal case becomes you could have planted this stuff. You could have done these things. You could have done that. Like it it throws into question a lot of the validity of the evidence, which causes the case from a legal standard to be potentially thrown out or something like that. You know what I mean? Or caused a mistrial, like some of them, something like that. Yeah. That's my only okay. guess. We'll, we'll have I, to get some legal help on that one. But uh, Yeah, because I, I want to know like what what counts as a technicality. Like obviously forgetting to file a warrant or what, or not getting a warrant, like that's, you yeah. know, that's a big deal. But if I spell Freddy Krueger like E-U and it's actually U-E, like, no, no. Freddy <laughs> Krueger doesn't live Freddy here. Doesn't it's live. only Freddy Krueger. <laughs> it's Freddy yeah. Looks like the child murderer walks. <laughs> yeah, I was. A, Even though we all know, <laughs> I do have a little trouble keeping that straight now because there. So all the movies are canon, but there is a TV show called Freddy's Nightmares: A yes. Nightmare on Elm Street: Colon the Series. <laughs> they show that it gave me anxiety <laughs> just hearing that. <laughs> they show it all on the title screen at the same time, and it like barely oh, fits. Just, <laughs> one three different huge fonts block of too. text. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah just someone to give didn't you know some how to size the letters about how to read this. Yeah, the uh, 
the show went on for two seasons, and it's like an anthology show where Freddy Krueger acts as like the crypt keeper and tells him a crypt. Uh, okay. It's it's very bad, but um. So the, it wasn't like it wasn't like Friday the Thirteenth, the series, no. which had nothing to Correct. do with the movies whatsoever. Yeah. Okay. No, this okay. one it it was like all the it was people in Springwood, and they would get killed for like spooky reasons, and it was implied mm-hmm. that like Freddy Krueger was making them happen. But there's only a few episodes where it's actually him fucking with them. Okay. By the way, uh, speaking of the Ohio thing and the Springwood stuff. Uh, apparently serial killers love the American Midwest. Mm-hmm. They absolutely love it because I'm pretty sure Halloween is Haddonfield. Oh, uh, it's either Ohio or Illinois. Something like that. Uh, this is Ohio. Texas Chainsaw is in Texas, which is middle of the country, but not necessarily Midwest. Um, Home Friday Alone 13th, takes I'm, place in I'm, Chicago, I'm, and Macaulay Culkin <laughs> plays a serial killer in that. Yeah, Dude, see, I, I got to disagree with you, Brian, because it's of a serial killer. Like, yeah, most of them. <laughs> We're in the grand majority of the country, is what you're saying. That's that <laughs> they weren't directly Ohio on the coast. Ohio and Illinois yeah. are like right next to each other. <laughs> yeah, but Texas is all the way over in Texas, and Jason does it's take Texas. Manhattan. So, oh, it takes seven films for him to take it, and it sucks what he does because most of the movie is him on a boat. Well, what a, anyway? What about Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer? That's in a city. And what about the show I Dexter? Don't remember which city That's it is, in Miami. Though. I don't remember which city Henry's it's in. It's in that Chicago like or Detroit. Detroit or something. Yeah. That's Midwest again. That's, that's what I was and what about? Uh, wait, oh well, actually, no. Devil in the White <laughs> like, City. That's like saying, like, man, those serial killers really love the Western Hemisphere. <laughs> no, that's not. <laughs> like, oh yeah, boy. sure, a lot of them are there. I don't... Boy, was Western Europe a way, great place to be t- a fascist in the forties? I love that you guys are equate. You're conflating three states that are virtually next to each other to the entirety of the country. <laughs> Hardly different. That's the real America, Brian. <laughs> okay. So, but what I was saying about Freddy's oh nightmares God. is the first episode actually is that backstory where he gets arrested. Really? And yeah. This is where like. I think the whole reason it's not canon is specifically because instead of it not being a warrant signed, it's because the officer didn't read him his Miranda rights. And that's why he gets Oh, oh well, we, fu- we know that that's, that's, that's a convention of just television. You're allowed to not be read your Miranda rights, cool. and you're, like, you're still going to go to jail if you did it wrong. <laughs> I did not well, know that. That's a cool to being not Miranda. <laughs> I, just, it's a, went, I said cool at learning a fun fact. I don't know what you want oh, from okay. me. Oh, um, neat, you know, neat-o. police brutality. <laughs> exactly, cool. <laughs> uh, and he also, when they're burning him alive, he's like, he stands there and lets them do it. He like, He's like egging them on to do it and says, oh, like, what? implies that he knows he's going to get dream powers. So well, please tell me on. he says That's a Freddy what? Krueger version of like burn, baby, burn, disco, inferno, or like <laughs> I, Freddy's inferno. No, he's a little bit more serious in the show, weirdly enough. But uh, that okay. also contradicts at least Nightmare on Elm Street 6, I think. So it's the show is pretty okay. not canon for those two reasons more than it anything. It seems very but what, what we're understanding is that the cinematic universe of Elm Street oh is God. tight. Yeah. The the NCU, Nightmare Cinematic Universe? Cinematic Universe? Yeah. It's the not the NCU. Freddy Cinematic Universe, right? No, 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 because there's other people in the cinematic universe. Yeah, yeah. So, there's other killers in it. So the NCU. Yeah, I'm down with the NCU. Which, yeah. Which technically which, all of Friday the 13th is a part of, too. That's what I've said. Like, exactly. It's mm-hmm. a shared universe. Yeah. Um, But the first one, I think, ha- I, 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 it's really crazy how good 
everything, especially on a slasher checklist, everything is in the first one. You I have agree. Really relatable, actually teenage sounding teenagers, uh, all well acted by their respective actors. Who were themselves um, teens at the time. Exactly. They're not just fucking 30 somethings going, yeah, hello, fellow kids. Um, my favorite line was uh, the four characters that we run into are Tina, Nancy, Rod, and uh, Glenn, which Glenn, is Johnny yeah. Depp. And Rod is kind of harassing Tina because uh, they're talking about their dreams and stuff. And Rod's the greaser asshole one who doesn't really believe anybody. So that that like, actor's actually Hispanic and had to pretend he was Italian to be able to get any oh gigs. Oh my, my god! God, <laughs> what a my thing to god. say! Yeah. What's well, like uh, the guy in Breaking Bad, the one who runs Los Pollos Chickens? Um, the other Gustavo Fring, uh, played by Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, nice. Giancarlo Esposito. He is Italian, but he plays black roles a lot for that exact reason. And yeah, like he, damn, he's very good at just playing whatever he needs. Yeah. Oh, um, hello, ethnically ambiguous actor, exactly, which we will put into whatever role we in, need. Yes, we are evil right and we thing. are Hollywood. Yeah, he was uh, bugging out and do the right thing. Yep. So sorry, you were saying, um, but sorry, the one of the lines that I knew I was like, oh, these people are actually like teenagers is Rod is like, hey, Tina, I, uh, they're talking about their nightmares and stuff. And he's like, oh, I had a heart on this morning, Tina, and I had your name on it. And she goes, my name has four letters. There's no way there's enough space on your joint for four <laughs> letters. And I was like, yeah, you're like, <laughs> yeah, basic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was just great. It was really good. Yeah, the the um, the first thing you yeah. said though about them being kind of well written, realistic teenagers is I think one of the things that sets it apart from normal slashers because normally they 100%. don't really like set them up for you to care about it. Normally it's like, oh, cool, I want to watch all these anonymous teens get slashed. This was exactly. more like yeah, what's they, what's the uh, what's the line in Friday the Thirteenth? Uh, like, hey, do you guys want to play strip Monopoly or something? It's a weird yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. play strip art, like literally insert arbitrary excuse to see teens new bile. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly, it was, it was bad. Yeah, no, they're they're never given any sort of actual personality, and it's because yeah, they're, they're there to get slashed. They're meat. Yeah, exactly. Nightmare on Elm Street, on the yeah. other hand, in particular, they wanted like in Heather Langenkamp a very realistic girl next door to actually be like a formidable uh, mm-hmm. enemy for Freddy Krueger. And they, she totally kills him. Yeah, she's she does. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, she she's she home alones her entire house, but on a supernatural level. <laughs> but she does it before Home Alone does it. Exactly. Yeah, which, is, which makes Home Alone possibly an homage to Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, there's there is a lot of people yes. in Home Alone who together made Chud, an 80s horror film. So there we there's go. a lot of connections there. Um, Wes Craven does talk about that a little bit. He has like three movies where he uses traps, which I think is uh, this one, Last House on the Left, People Under the Stairs, maybe. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's because he read wow. the one book that's mentioned in in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street about oh, yeah, the traps. Yeah. <laughs> basically how to set up traps. Yeah, and it was like he he had to tell himself like, okay, Wes, you can't you can't do any more traps. You got to stop with the traps. When no more traps comes out, don't do. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see him, and then the monster enters the house. It gets hit by seventy-five paintball guns. No, no, God no, no, it, no, no, no. Cool it down. Cool it down. It gets hit by seventy paintball guns. No, shit, that's not right. And then slips on the ball bearings. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. These traps are used when Nancy is like trying to. She decides Freddy Krueger's killing all her friends. She decides the only way yes. to to beat him is to pull him Has out of the dream. All her friends. Huh? 
um, he, at this point uh, has killed all of her friends. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember exactly when she decides, but she does decide that she's going to end him by pulling him out of the nightmare and into the and real world the and then trapping him <laughs> to death. Uh, yes. Which all the traps were invented largely by either the book that Wes Craven read or just crew members throwing out random suggestions. Oh, nice. <laughs> so lots of fun. Um, that one scene where Freddy falls all the way down the stairs, like on fire and mm-hmm. gets up and starts coming back up them. That was all yeah. one shot of just that's some insane. stunt actor. That just dude, on that fire stuntman that needs to have all of the money. I don't know what he got paid, but it wasn't enough to do that. Yeah, I know. Cause he like, walked off that, that was set awesome. looking like Freddy. <laughs> yeah, no, people I were very that's surprised. What I'm thinking. Like he yeah. was on fire a long time time yes, it was an extended period of time and granted it extended did look like a pretty bulky freddy suit but uh i was gonna say it was kind of great seeing freddy put on 40 pounds of muscle and weight <laughs> in one second of film like that was really crazy how he did that and then slimmed down later yeah um, but i do i i actually one of the big things about slasher movies is the kills and how they get done all that stuff right this movie has genuinely creative kills mm-hmm. that are simple and effective um i don't know about how simple they are but yeah they're they're awesome in 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 theory in execution they're all pretty complex because yeah but like, i read the behind the scenes stuff on those if and, you describe the killing it's you don't have to like talk about the rube goldberg-esque way yeah. that this camper died like you do in some mm-hmm. of the the friday the 13th murders Uh, And you can just like, oh, like, no, one like got sucked into his bed. One got flown around the room and shit. Like they are simple, but like they're in their simplicity. They're so cool to watch on screen because you can they they look great. They look terrifying. And I know that there was some bananas mechanics that went into making these real. Both. But the the Tina one, which is the getting pulled up the the room and Mm -hmm. onto the ceiling and then killed. And the Glenn one, which is getting swallowed by the. bed and then literally just buckets of blood flying out of it uh were both done with rotating slash upside down yeah, room. and this is something the te- i yeah. talked about in a previous episode where the the room oh, started right. spinning out of control um, from the blood and yeah on the blood one yeah yeah they both used the same room and actually tina and when she did hers started to get the actress got real freaked out from being like yeah. upside down and of like course. on different walls and stuff and she <laughs> she, was, she started like almost having a panic attack and Wes Craven just like stuck Aww. his head up through like the window that was on the floor Hi. now and he's just like hi it's it's okay this is down blah 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 and then he almost threw up from the- <laughs> <laughs> um, that's fun and one thing I missed about the blood room when the room starts spinning out of control because all the blood is is flowing down because mm-hmm. it hit the lamp that was on the ceiling and now on the ground all the water was electrocuted and that's so it shocked the guy pouring in the blood, and that's why oh, he lost no. control of it, and everything started spinning out. Like, oh my I can, god! So okay, when we say spinning, I'm imagining that it just uh, it just whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> it's just suddenly yeah, I don't know how much it gets more momentum stuck underneath the bed by the power of inertia <laughs> or centripetal force. Oh my it did God. speed up a little bit because the sloshing started moving it side to side at first, and then it mm-hmm. managed to flip it all the way over, and that's where oh everything went to hell because they're ripping out cords. And I think people were like connected to it, and like Wes Craven was sitting in some chair <laughs> elevated, like with it, and they were all just stuck hanging there after having dodged a bunch like... of stuff. And... <laughs> well, no, no, they yeah. that was it. What they got the take on that one. 
Which yeah, is why that was in it. the in the movie you can see the blood like rushing to one side of the ceiling. It's really it's honestly it makes the kill better. Yeah, it looks because so you're good. like, oh my god, like it looks unreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in you know that super duper creepy nightmare murder way. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, but also this movie ends up starting our personality of Freddy, and it it is. 99 like like a Clorox wipe it is 99.9% serious with i two incredibly goofy moments for me that almost took me out of it and they're both in Freddy's initial reveal is it, which is actually really cool really well done his first line is awesome is it the arms where she okay it's, it's the, one of it's the, the arms, arms where he looks like stretch armstrong and he's just like <laughs> hello he looks like a low budget mr fantastic and it's great and then the other part is he does so he does that whatever and she goes please god and he goes this and he points at his glove is god and i'm like oh that's pretty awesome and then literally cut to the wider shot as she starts to run away and he's just running like a little goofy goofer like yeah. he's like yeah and he's just like waving his arms up and down like running towards her and i'm like what is this yeah. it's the same run that that kid does in men in tights where uh robin hood and achu are standing next to each other and the kid ah! <laughs> like hands waving yes. and his head's like muppeting yes. out between it and oh, like yeah. oh you know gotta got, got, got to go run now ah! and it runs back it's the same motion but just like slightly slower and with a slightly more sinister i don't know jaunt it to is. it yeah i go back and forth on it because it's, it's also like a run you might expect pennywise to do you know um, sure, but it's, it is goofy. It's kind of like, it's kind of like he's just going. It's a nightmare. Exactly, <laughs> which is kind of fun. I don't know. I definitely don't it's like the arms. The arms yeah. are, are no go for me. Oh, They've the always arms. been a no-go everything else though me. is great. For, I'm her boyfriend for the, now, Nancy. For the glove and the, like it's all great. Oh. The the arm scene is Freddie is walking down an alleyway toward toward Heather, right? Mm-hmm. No, Tina. Toward Tina. It's Tina Fuck. and. His arms start to grow out and grow out on either side, so he can like scrape the sides of the alleyway. But they mm-hmm. do a they do a wide shot, and it just looks like ah, Mister <laughs> Noodley arms. Exactly. Yeah, like, here are my clear two pool noodles that I'm holding out to the side that are attached to the sides of this alley to make this effect work. People, like, were... my stomach is way bigger to hold this contraption that's keeping these arms stable while I walk. There was a crew that were running along the roofs of the garages on either side holding like fishing wire to hold up the arms yeah um, that's great and they were like this is gonna look so fucking stupid and then (laughs) i watched a documentary on this and they were like and it turned out really nice and everybody liked it and like no it didn't i didn't like it no it looked really stupid you should have cut it (laughs) Um, no it didn't and no they didn't exactly (laughs) so yeah at the end nancy does manage to pull him out um she thinks she defeats him and he kills her mom. And in the real world, in the real world, but like with but like with dream with dream type stuff. And she beats him by turning her back on him and giving back every ounce of power she gave him through her fear. Yeah, and then he disappears. She basically goes, "Oh, this is." She literally goes, "Oh, this is all a dream. Who gives a shit? You're a fucking asshole." Yeah. And then he goes, "No, I'm real." And then he fucking statics away, and you're like, "Oh." That worked. Yeah. I can't believe it. And you know what? I'm, I'm actually pretty down. And like Wes Craven wanted to end there. And I think that's, that's probably where it should have ended. Yeah. And that's I like, it would have been like a very solid little kind of slasher movie. Probably wouldn't have been as differentiated, you know, and it would, it would be good. And that would be in our history forever. And that would be it. 
And but, what ver- what validates that opinion almost more than anything else is Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, because right after that, the ending that Bob Shea wanted from New Line. Exactly. So that they could se- specifically asked for it. Yeah, well, because he put his like all of the money in the world that he had and put a bunch of things up for mortgage and like put all of everything on this one yeah. movie and he's like no he gambled super we hard. are making a fucking franchise and so he <laughs> made them add the next ending which is like freddie pulls in the mom through the little window in the door oh, with, looks cool with I the think. worst effect ever it is the worst effect ever but because it's so weird and rubbery and goofy i think it's actually kind of scary because it's like very unnatural it, i was gonna say it there's that vibe to it but like the first couple of times I saw it, yes, I was like, oh, this is kind of unnerving. And nowadays when I look at it, I go, that's stupid. But <laughs> I definitely know the initial unnerving part of it because it does not feel – it feels dreamlike. Yeah. It doesn't feel real. Yeah. I have a memory as a kid because uh, I didn't see Nightmare on Elm Street until I was uh, older. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Um, <laughs> you were never being invited down memory lane again. No. So a nightmare on memory. Uh, I remember on television, like maybe my parents were channel surfing or something, and I the only scene as a child that I saw of this movie was this last scene of like mom oh. waving goodbye and Freddie horrifyingly pulling her in, mm-hmm. and I was scared shitless of it. Like yeah, I was a kid, and then I when yeah. I saw this movie for real, you know, probably when I was sixteen to eighteen somewhere in there, it's kind of like well that was dumb. Like God, I was stupid as a kid. What yeah. a dumb <laughs> kid I was to be scared of this. <laughs> um, yeah, right after that, the it's. Heather Langenkamp in the car with all of her friends and the top comes up on the convertible and it's like the Freddy Krueger colors and they all yeah, start yeah. screaming and, and it, it drives starts... away. Exactly. Exactly. Um, kind of unclear what so... the fuck that means. I, I. That's the part about it. It's not just a straight up. It's like, is she still in a dream? I... Has she still never? I think that's the closest to the implication we get, but I think she's still in a nightmare. Yeah, it, I'm sorry, a nightmare. I think he's going to end up puberty. okay. Waka waka. Uh, Robert so shut the Robert England, <laughs> the man who plays Freddy Krueger, likes to think that everything that you see in the movie is kind of like a premonition she has, and them driving away is the actual beginning of what's going to happen. Um, that's neat. Oh, kind of neat, that's a, but like eh, that's neat. Yeah, that's but solid, you know, like but oh, yeah, whatever. Robert England. It's a solid headcanon. That's good for yeah. like it's a, you know it's an A for totally works. That. Either way, you know that's how we leave it and. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not enough to turn your back on Freddy Krueger. So, pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but we move on to 1985, <laughs> one year later. Oh, yeah, but, uh, right. At, they were like, oh, shit. It's actually now thing- 1986 in-universe. It's five years later in-universe. Oh, they got that Avengers shit going mm-hmm. on where they're like, we're just going to fuck this timeline yeah, real they, hard better by start, not pointing it. Better start paying <laughs> and that's attention. That's not the only thing that gets fucked in this movie. <laughs> oh, Let me tell boy. you. <laughs> yes. So this is a Nightmare on Elm Street 2 colon Freddy's Revenge. They no, literally just called Nightmare it Nightmare on Elm Street Freddy's 2 Revenge. colon the gay one. Yes. I'm sorry. It, like, that's just what it is. So, yeah. Uh, it's not me. <laughs> it like, is. Okay. When Brian says the... Oh, I'm sorry, Hori. It. Yeah. No, you could... <laughs> Go go ahead, Taylor. Yeah, when Brian says it's the gay one, like we have to be very clear. There are so many problematic ways that homosexuality is being alluded to and made fun of in a very scary way. Like, isn't this sinister? There are gays. Like that's like that's like sort of the subtext of the that's the thrust of the subtext of the movie. Yeah, oh I don't God. I don't want to spend anyway, too please. long on it, but it was no, clearly no like. They had maybe somewhat good intentions at some point, but it ended up being weird and exploitative. What happened was, I think it was either, it was some one person on the crew 
I, it might have been the screenwriter. It might not have been because I don't know if Craven was involved. Oh, Jorge, in the Jorge knows this. the story. Yeah, uh, this comes up in your documentary. Yeah, right? so well, this is my documentary. The, the documentary, by the way, is called uh, <laughs> you "Never Sleep Again," and it has most of the things that oh, I've yeah. said, and is amazing. And it's four hours long, and oh my you God, never want it to bananas. end. Um, and he goes through all of these in order, and it's incredible. So you should definitely check that out. Um, I'll try but not to say like, too much of what's in there. Yeah, but there the was plot, like this one sequence, right? Yeah. Where so the it's they're talking about how everybody calls it, uh, yeah. whatever they call it, um, and <laughs> and everybody's like, <laughs> yeah, we had no idea. Some people are like, you know, like I look back on it, I think I must be a complete idiot or lately homosexual. How I didn't notice, um, yeah. And everybody's saying that until you get to one guy. I can't remember his name. I believe he's the director of the film. Oh, okay. And he's like, it was supposed to be subtext. <laughs> you could tell that all that whole notion comes crumbling down. Is like, it was you. You did this. <laughs> like, you. Nobody else realized, and you got away with all of it. Um, so to to be clear, everybody loves the first one. It's Yes, uh, universally. I think it's framed. still the highest rated one out of all of them. Everybody hates this one. There's an immediate major drop off uh, in quality, and you know, I'm gonna ignore any of the homosexual illusions and stuff. Yeah, you can y'all can bring them up it's if you want. It's also just a bad movie, which makes it worse. I that's that there's all this other stuff in it. That's mainly what I want to talk about. Is that like you can count the number of times that Freddy Krueger does like scary dream stuff and it's like three mm -hmm. he's basically not in it when he is in it he's just there he like pops out yeah. into the real world with dream powers still at some point um it's and he's just like a complete, running around yes. a kid's barbecue just i'm gonna eat you you know just it's running like flipping around. over tables yeah. <laughs> it's like what is it, it what is yeah. this um there is a really nice effect in it when he like pops out of jesse Oh, that is yeah. cool. Yeah. That is a cool effect. Yeah, the whole the plot one. is that he's trying to use Jesse as a vessel to come into the real world through it. Real world, kind of cool. Yeah. Um, it's I was gonna say it's a good idea on it. It's just not necessarily executed that well. Um, no, and I think Freddy Freddy's actually pretty cool in this one because he's got like the different colored eyes and he like has a real yes. dark look at him and he's got some cool lines. So there, there was, again, no, that was another thing. He changes looks pretty much every movie. Mm -hmm. Like the, the design for Freddy is actually pretty different per movie. Like they keep the general thing, but like how much of certain aspects he is, is different. Like this one, he is more, I would say like fleshy or meat. Like there's a lot more like water on him or blood on him. Yeah. Like in, like in certain shots. And he, exactly, he looks like, like burn victim juicy. Mm -hmm. yes he looks more freshly burnt like it's it's interesting um how they do that but yeah yeah we we by the way are assuming you know what freddy krueger looks like if you're listening i i yes. can't imagine yeah. that you wouldn't um <laughs> if you don't google it just google it i'm not yeah, gonna explain just it. google it um what i thought was kind of cool from this movie is the so the actor that plays jesse the main character his name is mark mm -hmm. Patton. um he's actually gay by the way but okay. he, in 2012, wrote a series of blog posts that are, is called Jesse's Lost Journal. And it's it's from the perspective of the the real person that Jesse was based off of, theoretically. It's, it's also fictional. But in it, it's like him describing everything that happens to him, slightly different from the movie. And then him finding out that the movie's being released on based on what happened to him. 
and dealing Whoa. with that. Oh, neat. Kind of a cool little thing. And he, he like survives cool. past the end of the movie. And uh, there's some stuff like some of the, some of the homosexual themes are explored more. And yeah, um, that's honest. I haven't finished reading it, but that's honestly probably going to be better than <laughs> what the fuck this movie oh, has. Yeah, probably. Um, I, I yeah, can't this... get out of this movie without talking about the one yeah, dance scene it. that happens. <laughs> I know. What you're um, about. So <laughs> Jesse has a crush on a girl. And it's not going well. And this girl, for whatever reason, I don't remember, maybe she's over to study or something, comes over to Jesse's house. And he, you know, his mom, Jesse, your friend is over here. Your beard is here. And um, (laughs) she goes upstairs because he's blasting. And it sounds, it's either Tiffany or Madonna uh, or. It's like it's in, it's in a, like a feminine pop song, and she comes in, and he's got a childhood one of those pop guns, you know, the ones that mm-hmm. you know, when you shoot him out, and he's got it right in front of his crotch, and it pops as she opens the door, and I think he's just wearing nothing but tidy whities while he's supposed to be cleaning his room. He was so taken with the power of dance, and I don't know. Uh, newly burgeoning <laughs> sexuality <laughs> that he had to like metaphorize Express in the meta- 80s. <laughs> so he does the is- the worst dance ever and he has gold sparkly lightning bolt sunglasses yes. on i think and he-, he does the butt bump to close yeah. his uh drawers oh i forgot about that yeah uh, and it's, it's you know so bad also there's the if we also want to talk about it there is the leather daddy bar scene where uh, Jesse has been overcome by one of the nightmares of Mr. Kruger, and he is like, I gotta get out of here. And uh, there's been an implication with his gym teacher that he goes to this gay, you know, this bar and, you know, is whatever. And Jesse goes, ends up follow, finding his way to this bar, and we actually get a Bob Shea cameo. Mm-hmm. The yep. producer who had put all of this in there, he is the leather daddy bartender who serves Jesse without carding him or asking for an ID. Very safe, a very good business that won't get, you know, absolutely crushed by any law enforcement. That's what I want. Uh, like an irresponsible <laughs> distribution of alcohol at a kink bar That's where exactly. people are armed to the teeth and wearing wearing very little. But it's just a very, you know, it's a very interesting place and the coach catches him there. And instead of just taking him home, yelling at him, whatever, he brings him to the gym and makes him run laps. And this is where Freddy actually gets the kill on the, the coach. But this is coach still in full S&M gear at the He's school gym. Has not changed out into like gym clothes gear, like full S&M gear still. And just running Jesse around in his pajamas. And eventually both of them end up in the shower. Freddy ties up the uh, coach in the shower with towels. He strips him naked, so you get a very clear man-ass shot. He then, Freddy, Freddy Krueger is doing this, <laughs> takes a towel and, like, twirls it and snaps his butt multiple times like he's a giddy high school playing pranks on his friend. And then he kills him and gives the glove to Jesse, where Jesse does actually a very good scream queen. Like, he is, yeah. for all the whatever... Like, He's. I actually like him. It a is. Lot. He's called like the first male scream queen. Yeah, he's. he's exactly. good. He's excellent in this. It is unfortunate that we do call that a scream queen in this particular context. Well, you know. Well, I didn't even I think about that. You, man, um, that's the right. the yeah. coach is also <laughs> battered by his own set of balls repeatedly. That's right. It was ball. Yes, he got battered with balls, whipped in the his ass. Sports and then sports killed. balls. We should say sports balls. Sports. Balls. <laughs> I realize we do I didn't talk think about that normal ball balls. Would a lot. be the segue <laughs> from. 
last yeah from last episode it's a different to this kind one. of ball torture i don't know what made you think that ball torture wouldn't be the segue in most of our episodes but there you go i know uh, but yeah are so we just, friends yeah. colon the ball torture podcast the, the kills in this movie are either boring because they're just knife glove attacks or weird and not like a fun weird, like just a weird weird. Yeah, because there's that one. And then when Freddy Krueger pops out of Jesse, he does like the babyest slash to Jesse's friend. Um, yeah. And he's dead. And then at the end, they're in the boiler room place again. And it's in the real world. And Jesse's uh, girl, like friend who is a girl. <laughs> Lisa, yeah. Uh, Lisa shows up and then I guess with the power of love gets... She kills him with kindness, yeah. yeah. Uh, gets Freddy to slide off of him. And then, uh, and then that's it. There's like, that's really all that happens. We've yeah. described that movie there, in way more detail already, percentage-wise, than a, the first one. There is a point where subtext falls out the window because Jesse, when talking about the issues with Freddy, goes, there is a man inside me trying to get, like, Literally Tobias Funke levels of subtext well, in the, heavy quotes. The here. line everybody makes fun of is he's talking to his friend Rod. Is Grady. it Rod? Also Grady. Grady. It's Grady. Uh, and <laughs> he's like, "There's a there's a man inside oh, yeah. me trying to kill me." And he's like, "And you want to sleep with me?" Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to sleep over. It's like okay. Oh my god. Uh, and at the end, yeah. there's a callback to the first scene where they're where he's on the school bus again for no reason, and it ends up being Freddy's the bus driver and drives them off into the desert. Another implication of you stopped Freddy, but you didn't beat him. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't really make any sense. Makes nope. even less sense than the first one. No. Lowest rating on Rotten Tomatoes. By far the most hated by everyone deservedly yeah i mean obviously there are its redeeming qualities like anything that is unconnected to the plot or writing of this movie like Mm -hmm. you know several performances are pretty solid couple of effects are pretty solid but yeah uh, on the whole a good old a good old poop in a diaper go ahead and pass on this one if you want to yes yeah Um, you can skip it because they don't they don't add anything else exactly and so they, they they did okay in box office so they sure. they were going to get their chance at a third one, but they knew that this one had to be like, like this was it. Everything was on the line with number yeah. three, and they fucking nailed it because it is yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street three Dream Warriors, and it's which when you hear that subtitle, you're already like, yes, this is exactly oh, yeah. what I want. Well, first great move they did is they brought back Heather Landing Camp. Yes, uh, yeah. This is was, this is 1987, uh, by the way. In universe 1987, everything is fixed. We are back on track. Yeah, they don't do the bullshit. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, uh, Kristen played by Patricia Arquette. First role, by the yes. way. Pretty sure oh, it was her first movie. So role. wait, Johnny Depp got his start in this series. Patricia mm-hmm. Arquette got her start in this series. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, um, I mean, Wes Craven got put on the map because of this series. This is what made yep. New Line a thing. Like Freddie's responsible for a lot of. There's a, there's a bunch of people we don't know about as much, but a lot of their careers are due to. To these movies um i think the director from die hard 2 directs number four and it's he was like that broke out sense. of yes, everything that household that, american name the director from die hard 2 um that's all i know man that's what do you want from me <laughs> yeah so it's it's Kristen, played by patricia arquette she's starting to get stalked by freddie and she gets sent to an asylum, basically. I don't know what the fuck they call it. I forget it, the name. It's West something, but it has, yeah. Yeah, and it, she's there with a group of other teens that have all been having these nightmares and not, trying not to sleep. 
and mm-hmm. uh, they call in a grad student who is specializing <laughs> in child nightmares, and it ends up being Heather Langenkamp as an adult now. Yeah. Um, only three years later, but she they made her look like she's older. I was going to say, yeah. She, she They got her to age up well. Um, yeah, it's six years later in universe. Oh, so they stop, doubled. <laughs> stop! Stop! Um, this one's a complete <laughs> fucking romp. Like, uh, there's a ton yeah. of awesome nightmare shit. Freddy's all over the place. This is where Freddy starts getting really fun. It's where he has his line, uh, "Welcome to prime time, bitch." When he it's my favorite one. Yeah, throws the girl's head into the TV that he is. It's like he was gonna say that he throws her into his stomach. Oh, Freddy, which... Freddy the giant snake. Yeah, monster, oh, yes. which uh, is painted black in the or like a dark green in the movie, and it's because mm-hmm. it was originally Freddy color, so flesh colored, and they were like, "Dude, nope. that's a giant that's a dick. dick. You can't." That's a dick. And they were like, "No, we talked it. <laughs> we had a whole meeting about making this look like a giant penis." They're like, "No, we can't do that. No, it like, still looks like it. <laughs> you're gonna have to paint it or oh something. My God. You can't put <laughs> Patricia Arquette into a giant penis." Yeah, there are very fun photos of Patricia Arquette, just like smiling and giving thumbs up like while in that giant thing because it's a huge oh, practical awesome. effect oh, yeah god um that's too funny it's her yeah the main people remember Kristen kincaid Joe. yeah um because um, they I, actually the, make it to the next one correct um the other one is i think will is the nerd taryn is the cool chick the bad one i like I, she's awesome um she was like my. Like, Do you remember her life? I have a huge soft spot for Nancy. I think that's great. But like Taryn, I was like, "Hey, want to get out of here it's, before you get murdered super hard?" They said on set everybody fell in love with Patricia Arquette, and nobody had a crush yeah. on Taryn. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Um, I feel bad. Um, and then loneliest um, girl at the ball. I forget his name, but there's the guy with the marionettes. Oh yeah, dude, that one was that one was awesome. He was like Philip. Philip, that was his name. His name is Philip. Yeah, and the nightmare they pull out all of his tendons through his arms and use oh, it like marionette strings and make him walk to they, the bell tower and throw himself off. Uh, Horrifying. There, there's actually it, that was so influential. There's literally a fatality in one of the Mortal Kombat games that is virtually identical. Well, it's like pretty Krueger's fatality. Right? Yeah, Freddy shows no, up in not Mortal Kombat, doesn't he? Freddy, yeah, Freddy's fatality. In it's it comes out in Mortal Kombat Nine, which was Jesus just called Christ. Mortal Kombat, but it's Mortal Kombat Nine. Um, he's in that. Him and Kratos from God of War are the DLC characters. Um, sick. Freddy's okay. His his fat- one of his fatalities is summoning a boiler room like oven thing and throwing somebody into it and closing the door and watching them burn. Yeah, and that stuff. should be Sweeney Todd's fatality, really. The other one's not great. The other one's not great either. They didn't do. They did okay. You know. Yeah. He he should, he should turn into something like a phone, you know. Yeah, it's always when he he's the most phone. He turns into something else. They have a, his tongue. It's always like his tongue or his yeah. hand is part coming out of because he's a huge gross yeah. pervert. That's, that's yeah. the the favorite effect of the Nightmare on Elm Street. The tongue thing. It's just blah, 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 with Freddy. <laughs> yeah, they have Joey gets lured away the first time everybody goes into a dream together uh, by the by the beautiful way, Patricia nurse. Arquette, Her her ability is to pull people into her dreams. Yes. That's why this whole gimmick happens is because everybody can be in the same dream and know that they're in the same dream yeah, and, and all that sort of stuff. They decide that they have dream powers, so each person has their yeah. own dream power. The nerd gets to be the wizard master, and he has like a <laughs> stereotypical <laughs> wizard costume and he shoots sucks. out green lightning and gets killed by a satanic wheelchair immediately. 
which is great and everybody loves it taryn has the famous line that's uh in my dreams i'm beautiful and bad bad <laughs> she says it really good though <laughs> she, oh she knocks that out of the park like because she's she they basically have they're in their therapy room still so they look normal and then until they basically say what their powers are <laughs> and mm-hmm. taryn taryn does that she goes in my dreams i'm beautiful and she turns around and she's got this like sick ass black and green mohawk and this like leather biker jacket and these cool studs and all this stuff and then when she says beautiful and then she pulls out two switchblades and goes and bad yeah and i'm like dude <laughs> I'm going to pull you out of this movie right now. We're going to hang out. This is great. She has to fight Freddy Krueger, and she's like, let's dance. (laughs) Yeah, like, she's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of fun. Um, And her track marks do get turned into sucky little bits before he, like, shoves a bunch of syringe figures into her. Yeah, it was was really good. Um, She was a drug addict, so he there's a great-looking scene where he pulls up his hands, and instead of the finger knives, it's all hypodermics. mm -hmm. And he just goes, let's get high. And he just shoves them into her arms. And it's like, oh, no, this is terrible. So what I'm hearing is that this movie, in addition to being the inspiration directly for Inception, in the same way that the first (laughs) one was the inspiration for Home Alone, (laughs) is also the inspiration for (laughs) Saw 2, where she gets thrown into like the hypernetic, the hypodermic needle irony. Yeah, there's definitely. And also... Uh, that's the standard trope of we're all in some sort of other universe. Usually it's like a video game or it's like, I don't Mm -hmm. know, a magical realm where we get to be a different version of ourselves to fight the evil thing. So this movie is responsible for like, I don't know, 25, 30% of the media I've ever consumed. I mean, it was fucking huge when it came out, you know? Yeah. um, Back to the tongue thing. It's a sexy nurse that, that lures away Joey and it, it's always Joey and those girls, man. He can't help himself. And Joey can't mm-hmm. talk either. Um, Hello, nurse. But it's they have the nurse turn into Freddy, obviously. And they did try to do the... They have, like, the woman naked with Freddy's and head then, on there. Yeah. But they're like, this is... This feels wrong. This isn't, this isn't like, working for us. So they did My not... My owner is too confused. Yeah. I can't do this anymore. They did not put that in the movie. But, this uh, is awakening the wrong things. Exactly. Potentially in me and other people. Yeah, they almost <laughs> rule 34 themselves into existence. But uh, <laughs> the nurse does spit out these weird tongue things that wrap around Joey's arms and legs to tie him to the mm-hmm. bed before like the bed falls out to an opening into hell. Um, they call this one like the Christian Nightmare on Elm Street, by the way. Because uh, the way they have <laughs> to defeat cat. Freddy is by getting his skeleton, burying it in hollowed ground with holy yes. water, and burning it. I think. Yes, it's like a huge combination sure. of things. Oh, and there's like, like a eight, crucifix. It's like an eight part kill, kill in there. and they have to. T- <laughs> they it's needed to give John Saxon something to do while he was here. They're like, we've got you for a week and a half. We're gonna find any plot point we can to put you in there. Yeah, and so this is what the like uh, to... Nintendo game is actually based off of as well. You have to all the levels are different kind of areas of Nightmare on Elm Street, and you mm-hmm. have to go and collect all of Freddy's bones so you can burn them at the end. So kind of cool. Oh, all right, that makes sense. Yeah, neat, neat. Um, yeah, this movie is awesome. I give this movie like five thumbs up. I, I just it's fun, but it is also kind of still scary. Freddy yeah. starts doing one-liners, but they're not total goofs. Like, no. he says, Welcome to the primetime, bitch. Welcome to primetime, bitch. Pretty goober. Which is weird, because it's like so the first good. one he gives in the movie, and that's like the first big yeah. goofer he has. The rest of them are still kind of cool, like, let's get high. 
Um, yeah. Oh, that one's so good. Yeah. I, Welcome to Prime Time, bitch, comes out of nowhere. I don't, and it's still like the, <laughs> yeah, the awesome. best one good. that he has maybe the whole series. Yeah. Um, it's after she's, she's watching on the TV, like the talk show host interviewing mm-hmm. a real celebrity. And that yes. talk show host said, they, they were like, you can have anybody you want do this. And he picked this lady because he thought she was the stupidest woman on earth and would never actually have her on his show. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) He's like, yeah, that's who I most want to see get killed by Freddie. So, Oh, that's so funny. My God. So weird. Um, Yeah. Lots of hell imagery in this one. Yeah. There's a lot more of like, and like you are in Freddie's zone at the end, you know, and there's like mirrors. We get a lot more Catholic and Christian imagery in this one. Because one of the things that happens is, Dr. Gordon, who is the psychiatrist of all these people, who, by the way, does not... The screenwriter of this, no idea of how to talk to people with mental health issues because the Philip death, the the marionette death, uh, looks like he just falls from the top of the thing. And Dr. Gordon's literally going, no, Philip took the coward's way out. Philip gave wow. up, and I'm like, and I'm like, oh my God, stop saying yeah, that. Oh, cool. hello, Mr. Nurse Ratchet. <laughs> like, Jesus. So terrible. The, um, the actress who plays yeah. the real, the Nurse Ratchet in of that asylum, they, uh, mm-hmm. she didn't know she was playing a villain. She's like, I just, I thought she was just trying to help those kids, and I was just playing her like, wow. Well, I thought so she, she's, she's actually just oh, Nurse Ratchet. Actually evil. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of terrifying. Because, yeah, um, okay, hold the phone. There's that scene in One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest where, like, what would your mother think? And, like, shaming him into, like, shaming the one, like, boy man into his, you know, this first time that he's mm-hmm. ever felt competent and sexualized and manly and just, I'm going to call your mother and she's going to weep before you and things like that. Like, how, 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 did you, how did you possibly not know you are evil? You were saying the evilest shit, like, in the 70s. Into, like even for a 1970s psychiatric ward evil yeah sorry that just that blows my mind that there is someone literally that evil out there yeah. and they cast her to be, as an evil nurse to be clear it was evil nurse in dream warriors not not nurse ratchet no, he's not talking about, about actual nurse, nurse ratchet. ratchet taylor yeah because i think she oh. was a little bit more clearly evil the, this one okay. this one was more so just doing things to help was, it's just like when you know freddie exists you're like you're killing those kids there is no gotcha. mistaking okay. Nurse Ratchet I, I for see. a potentially sympathetic, not evil character. Yeah, that's okay. That's what I thought you yeah, were saying. No. I thought you were saying that the lady <laughs> no. who played Nurse Ratchet thought she was in some way a good person. <laughs> no, like, no, 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 uh, no. oh, that's what I, my rant was literally about. Right I, mi- after I that totally scene, misunderstood no, you. Still relevant. Literally right after that scene, Taylor, <laughs> he kills him. Like, it's, just, um, it's clearly bad. <laughs> so anyway. this is the uh, first time we have an expansion of the Freddy Krueger mythos as well yes. because we see he opens up his shirt and he shows them that all of the souls of the children that he's killed are going into his body and they're all like mm-hmm. in there suffering for all of eternity his digging around own personal yeah. Freddy Hell's body so exactly. that's pretty fucking dope uh, um and the reason uh the good guys even know what to do with Frederick's body uh in order to defeat him is because Dr. Gordon keeps seeing a creepy nun around the halls and you know outskirts of the asylum and stuff and she's giving him this information she's like helping him out giving him explaining stuff and he's like who the fuck are you blah blah she won't say won't say won't say and at the end they're in the cemetery uh burying some uh, any number of victims at this point and he looks over he sees her again and he walks over to where she is but she's gone and he looks down at the uh, tombstone that she was standing at and it's amanda Mm krueger who is the mother of 
one Frederick Krueger. Uh, so we get that implication now of... Totally forgot about that. Yeah. 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 That was it, yeah. That was solid. That was tight. Interesting thing. The, the doctor, I think he's... Until Freddy's dead and maybe Freddy versus Jason, to date, he's the only one from these original movies that actually survives and just keeps on living, makes it out. Yeah. Because Heather Langenkamp dies in this one. Yeah, it's really sad. It's, oh, that's it's really good, though. They're at. Of course. Jesus, what am I thinking? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess he just had just a tangential enough experience with Freddy that he's not, you know, sucked to the gravity by. of the Nightmare Freddyverse. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to think my, my headcanon is that Freddy can only go after teens. So if you live past your teenage years, I think you're good. Because there's a reason I why mean, he's we'll no longer going after Nancy. Well, in a- so Nancy does start taking hypnosil so that she doesn't dream anymore. She That's purposely probably. jumps into the, like, you know what I mean? In like, that, in the movie, yeah, but yeah, she's yeah, yeah. obviously been alive for several years. At exactly, what, four, Wait. three years? Eight years or three whatever years. it is. <laughs> in three years in our world, six in canon. Stop. That's <laughs> right, that's right. Six years. So, wait, but it is Heather Landingcamp in Wes Craven's New Nightmare, but she's playing Heather Landingcamp, yes. right? Yeah, the, yes. and we'll get, that's, that's going to be a whole, okay. that's a different, I'm talking we about get, in, okay. in the NCU. Technically, that one is outside of the Shut NCU. The <laughs> yeah, it's the Deadpool, there's really no <laughs> other better word for it, the Deadpool of the NCU, mm. inside but outside. Uh, sort mm. of, but not really. Well, no. Um, mm. It's no, that one episode of Supernatural that... where they go yes. to our yes. universe in which they are actually Jensen Ackles yes. and it's exactly Dusty that. Springfield or whatever the other one's name is. Yeah, which they, you know, clearly took from this. Oh, again, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. all yeah. pop Another culture. Absolute pulp. Yeah, but uh, we end up with, with Kristen, Kincaid, and Joey still alive. Kristen has the power to pull people other, other people into her dreams. Kincaid's super strong, and Joey mm-hmm. talks. But it's very, it's very effective. You can talk in his dreams, and it's super cool. But I think yeah. that is probably where we should leave it off this time. I think we can get through the rest of them a little faster because it's going to start going downhill from here. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of, eh, this sucks, this sucks, this is terrible, it is, I hate it. <laughs> it is a quality as well as emotional roller coaster between these first three because <laughs> it really is just two crests and a trough in between yeah. them. Yeah, because um, the first one and the third one are – very good for different reasons so it's like you can i honestly would not blame anybody for having either of them as their favorite yeah Yeah. no not at all i would have some very strong questions and raised eyebrows at someone who said their second one was their favorite like (laughs) oh i I, sorry i didn't realize you didn't like cinema so (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's just ah so i am a person with taste and you're not uh glad to know that's where we're starting in this conversation Um, I don't know too many people who volunteer their favorite nightmare film as an opening salvo in conversation. Uh, if you ask yeah, me, I'm part talking. of the same Facebook groups. Yeah, yeah people have, have made the mistakes at parties of starting talking to me by mentioning a horror film. And it's just like, oh, oh, oh buddy, you're about to get the wrong or exactly right impression of me very quickly. See, I, I've learned to temper it over the years because I remember, especially like in high school, in the beginning of college, I would just like mention the fact that the conversation that we're having has appeared in a romantic comedy <laughs> or oh, like, God. Oh, so you're having the same issue that, you know, I don't know, Jennifer gray is having in one of her movies, et cetera. And I, I stopped doing that because I realized people don't enjoy their lives being, yeah. <laughs> even if I don't intend <laughs> exactly it, great. belittled to a rom-com plot. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, do we, so now I'm a nicer person. Do we have any, any shout outs this week? 
Anybody we want to we want to mention? Nobody. My mom, who I am <laughs> almost positive no longer listens <laughs> to our show. Absolutely no. Yeah. Way. <laughs> um, I'll, in that in that same vein, I'll shout out my mom, who still listens to the show and is more and more pushing me to get her on the show. Oh damn! She wants to call. She wants to call in for some oh reason. She doesn't just want to be on the show. She wants to call in specifically. And I'm like, we don't. That's not how it works. It's not oh, Larry we King can, live. We've been, we can we make don't this. Have You've a been way thinking about it. about doing something like that. Your your mother might get to be the first <laughs> call in caller. Oh God! So, get ready for that, Brian. Yeah. No, I don't think I can prepare for that. And you guys get ready for next week when we do the equally exciting topic. Oh, yeah, that's right. Euclid's Elements. It's going to be something. I am just out of grad school, so of course I immediately freaked out when I did not have a whole bunch of homework to do. So I put some on myself and I made my friends do some. So we'll be talking about uh, ancient geometry next episode yeah brian and i are and totally then, gonna do all of our homework i promise uh-huh yeah absolutely. Gonna do oh, yes. i literally broke it down so damn simple for that, you i know that's why i'm telling you i'm gonna do all of the homework. homework exactly that's why we're saying it's definitely gonna happen <sighs> all right for everyone at home just do look at look at book one and the Google stuff that happens Euclid. before book one yeah, look up what you yeah. is watch a trailer for you uh, okay. sorry that's the wrong yeah one. what year is that taylor <laughs> Uh, Was that yeah, the fourth or right. fifth movie in the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, series? <laughs> all right. Well, until then, you can always find us on our Twitter or Instagram, both of which are underscore are we friends, all one word, or find us on our website at r-we-friends.com. I have been your ambiguously sexual teen about to be murdered co-host, Taylor. Hey, Taryn, give me a call. It's Brian. And I'm still just Jorge. And we will be haunting your nightmares next week. One, two friends coming for you.